0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back. We are about as live as live can get. I feel um, I feel naked without headphones on right now. Normally when I do the show, I've got headphones and everything's really safe inside my head. And right now we're in a very big, loud room and can barely hear myself, let alone you guys. We are live at Bachfest at Christian Moorline. If anybody can hear me, clap your hands so people can tell that this is real.
1: Yeah, see, nobody How about can hear audience me.
0: participation, no, man? Can
2: hear. I, is anybody paying attention? <laughs> nobody cares.
0: <laughs> They've got their like beer. To, they're this happy. This is why I like to broadcast live on like Facebook or Twitter or something too, because at least I have some kind of feedback in front of me that says somebody is listening. So joined by a fantastic panel here, Greg Hardman. Um, we haven't had you on since the Space Time show, I think, which is still. I mean, aside from some of the stuff that we'll talk about tonight, one of my favorite beers that has come out of Moorline in a very long time. I love that beer so much. Uh, Steve Hampton, it's been two years since you've been on the show. I Sounds about right. Bach yeah. 2016. Sounds about right. And, and Roxanne, I don't think you've ever been on the show. I can't see you over the mic. Yeah. This is weird. Um, I'm a rookie. Yeah.
2: Well,
0: kind of. Not really.
2: Not a beer rookie. Just, not, uh, a, yeah, just a, a podcast Cincy rookie. rookie. Yeah.
0: So... And, and I kind of grabbed you before the show. You had no idea what was even going on tonight, so...
2: I can wing um, it. We're, we're going to make
0: it up as I we go along. We are, like I said, we're live, Bach Fest. We're going to talk a little bit about what Bach Fest is and why this is a big deal to um, all of us that come out every year to do this. And we're going to talk a little bit about the, the homebrew competition that just, you know, the awards were just given out right before we stepped on stage. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about... Uh, original lager, which I put in an order from one of my buddies. It's supposedly coming back here for me to drink another one because I'm digging that beer and I want to talk to Greg a little bit about that. But let's start with Bachfest, if you guys can hear me. Yes, Bachfest. <laughs> Bachfest. So, the story of Bachfest, 1993. Three? Okay, so I was. Maybe we won't talk about how old I was, but. <laughs> um, what what was how did Bachfest get started? Why start a festival about a beer that maybe nobody really cares
3: about except in the spring for a very short period of time? Like, so why? So there's a long tradition. Bach beer was brewed by German monks for the Lenten fasting season, and so Bach is always a springtime beer. So you start with that in 1993. Hood Schaling brought out Christian Morline's Bach Beer. They were the last Cincinnati brewery had brought back this great name of Moorline and they figured it was time to have a good Bach beer back in Cincinnati. And they partnered with Arnold's Bar, the oldest bar in Cincinnati, and Merchants of Main Street and over the Rhine to throw a celebration of Bach Beer. And hence Bachfest was born. And from then it's always been a neighborhood celebration.
0: Well, I- so, and, and I think there, that needs to be like understood that Bachfest has continued to go on every single year since 1993, no matter what is going on in Cincinnati. And we all know that there's been plenty of that's been going on in Cincinnati, but everybody has carried on this tradition from Barrel House to now this this new Christian Moore line. That I, I don't know what he said. To he me. brought you a beer. Where is it? It's, oh. Oh, you're a good man. I got my beer. So we'll talk right. about that beer in a second too. Um, but Bachfest in Cincinnati, and especially here in, in OTR, where there's been plenty of things that this area has tried to just constantly overcome until where it is today, it just keeps going. It just keeps trucking. It's a you know we could get really metaphorical about it about the winter and 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 this this. This cold and this, this, everybody's shrinking indoors and not being outside. And then the spring is coming, and, and, and it's this time where you finally get out and get out in the sunshine and drink some beer. And, and, and if you want to go to the metaphor side, OTR went
1: through its own winter, I guess. Yes, very and, much so. And here we are. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, even though Bachfest was started by Christian Moorline Brewing Company. To our Unipol Shanle Brewing Company to launch Christian moorline Bach beer it has evolved into a neighborhood celebration to quite frankly bring economic development and back to the urban core of over the Rhine and in particular celebration of our brewing heritage uh, as well as uh, many other things that, that are that are happening here so, Bockfest has evolved over time into something that's much greater uh, meaning than just Bock beer. But, oh, yeah. but I don't want you to feel like, you know, Bock beer is very important in the center, in the core, but it also has helped economic development. And Steve could probably bring a little more
3: insight into that. Well, yeah, like like I said, it, it was started to bring people down here, celebrate beer, but it's, it's more than just a beer fest. It's more than just the beer. It's about our history. Uh, it's about where we're going. It's about celebrating all the bars and restaurants in the neighborhood and celebrating the shops in the neighborhood and celebrating our brewing heritage um, and celebrating the other nonprofits and the and and bringing... All these different people together to celebrate and that community is i don't think there's any other beer fest that has a community like this because it's it's not you know there's nothing wrong with other beer fests they're all great this is just different this is in a neighborhood there's like the people who come out every year for this own this festival they create these funky awesome amazing floats and they dress up and they own it we tell people when to show up and they come out and just blow us away every year, like at the parade, you know. And so we couldn't just start that from scratch if we wanted to say, hey, you all do some cool stuff. <laughs> they, Everybody who comes to Bachfest Fest owns Bach Fest, and I think that's very unique.
0: So when I when I got in the car this morning and uh, I, I brought my brother-in-law today, and, and he's, he's been a few times, but I got in the car and he looked over me and I was wearing my hat. You know, I, I, there's only a few times a year I get to wear my hat. I mean, he's like, what? what are you wearing and i said no no no! you don't understand like normally this is weird this is i can't go out downtown cincinnati and, and fit in but this is that weekend that i can walk anywhere in cincinnati and this is normal <laughs> like
2: it's and I, Stockfest. I, I, sh- and I look at it like from our homebrew club has been involved um since the early years maybe not the first or second but definitely from barrel house years and There aren't many places where you have a festival where you can just go out and be silly and have fun and have good beer and sausage at the same time. But it's really about kind of letting yourself go in a safe environment and and having a good time. But it is. It's the costumes. It's the silliness. It's the goats. It's the floats. And it's the beer and the camaraderie and the friendship and community and the neighborhood. It's, it's everything wrapped up into one. You don't get many festivals that can wrap that many things up into one piece.
0: The timing of it all works out so well, too. It's that time of year where you have been cramped up in the house all winter. You're just desperate to get out. It seems like, what, since 2000, was it 10? Was that the year uh, the, the blizzard was 2008. 2008? Yeah. It seems like since then, we've, we've gotten pretty good with the weather. I mean, knock on wood, burn a snowman, whatever you need to do. We, we, we took control of the weather, so yes.
2: Well, how so, many places would burn a snowman in Effigy? Let's be real, right?
0: So, and, so If anybody doesn't know, so 2008, which was one of, was probably one of my first years. It might have been like year two or three that I went to Bachfest. <laughs> There was a horrible snowstorm. So, Friday night is when the parade happens. There was a level three snow emergency. People still showed up and walked down the streets, even though they weren't supposed to be out of their it, houses. It was an illegal parade, <laughs> yes. They didn't have anything else to do, either. We had a lot of beer to drink, so... Yeah. And so, ever since then, there has been a... Uh, what is it? A precipitation retaliation? Yep. That's really hard to say after a couple of Bach beers, but... Um, There is a snowman effigy that is burnt a few weeks before Bachfest to appease the
3: gods of precipitation and make sure that the weather. We actually like to think of it as a warning, not to appease them, but (laughs) as a warning to not mess with us. Don't
0: screw with us. (laughs) I like that. So, you know, anybody who's listening this second as we're recording this understands Bachfest because they're here. But if you're listening to this next week after Bachfest is over. You're sitting at home. You're looking outside. You're looking at the sun, and you're saying, oh man, I just I want to go somewhere and drink a beer." Well, you missed it this year, but next year, come to Bachfest. Do this whole thing. Like I, it's a yearly tradition for us, and it's it's fantastic. I, I, I love it. So, you know, thank you guys for keeping this alive and making Bachfest something that's that's really special because it is. There there aren't a lot of places in the United States that celebrate. This the way Cincinnati does, and you know, I mean, just Google it; you'll we'll, we'll figure it out.
1: It's you know, special. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I went to uh, Germany right re- recently, and they wanted to talk about Bachfest of all things, and and we, and we were really like, you know, yeah, Bachfest is so many different things, and there's a couple of big uh, pillars of what Bachfest really means, and it's about Bach beer, and it's, it's about the coming of spring but also we have an unbelievable Bachfest homebrew competition that we do in conjunction with the Bavarian Brewing League and it's about brewing better beer and having a competition to celebrate that beer and today we we had so many like great categories and best to show and and in people from all over the country submit yeah. their Bach beer recipes. It was
2: crazy. Arizona, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, I mean, Chicago, people submitted beers from everywhere. It's a very unique competition, and we're, we're trying to expand on it to make it even more fun. The Moorline Brewers Challenge this year was such an amazing thing because it, you get a kit Here.
0: Brew a beer. So you've got to you've got to jump back a little bit and explain yeah. what you're talking about. So
2: so this so we always have a competition, Bachfest competition, where it's all about box. So the only you have to enter a bock, and we have a competition. It's also um, one of the things we do is the Shenling Bach Challenge where all the traditional or now dunkel spots um, are eligible to become next year's Shenling Bach. It's actually judged separately because there are some other considerations from a Moorline standpoint as far as what um, the line wants to brew versus what might actually win a competition. So they are separate. Um, But this year, when we were talking about the planning, um, one of the things was, let's get more of the heritage, of the German heritage of Cincinnati into the picture. So one of the things that um, we talked about and we ended up doing was, these are the ingredients that... I mean, slightly modified, but the ingredients that would have been available to the Germans when they came here, the first brewers. Here's your kit. Fifteen challengers. We split it up between the two well, biggest local clubs. But,
1: but on that kit, that kit is the same for everybody. Right. It has the same yeast. It has the same malt. It has the same hops. It has the same everything. Right. But how they prepare how, it.
0: How different are those beers?
2: So what's interesting, a lot of people did a standard pre-prohibition lager because it was a lager yeast. So they basically did what the first beer people would have brewed. Right. But some of the other people started modifying their ingredients. They might have toasted their malts or smoked their malts. They did a decoction mash. They did a very long boil to get additional flavors that the ingredients themselves would not allow them to do without doing extra steps. So it was really a challenge of the creativity, which was the same challenge that the Germans came out, had when they came over here, is how do I brew multiple styles with these ingredients that I have available to me? So we had 15 kits. We split them up between the Brewing Sciences Program at Cincy State and the two um, biggest clubs in the Cincinnati area. Um, and people, um, we did it as a group project so we could involve more people next year we hope to expand it to go beyond the 15 kits but you know in year one you have to kind of take it a little slow and figure out what you're doing and what works and what doesn't i honestly i i was thrilled to see how well it worked how much creativity people put in so it's a combination of creativity and technical brewing Um, and we got some really cool stuff and the, the important thing is people had a lot of fun doing it and it fits within the cincinnati brewing traditions
0: that's I'm I'm really interested to to see how you can <laughs> you can vary those beers up from the exact same ingredients. And, you know, down to the yeast.
2: Um the Shenling.
1: Shenling. Shenling.
0: We've, we've got a beer order. It's okay. Original
1: lager. <laughs> Original lager. Here, I'm good. you can get yourself one too. I've
0: got one. Thank you, you're good.
1: You're not going to get Shane Lee Bach in the tap room. You're going to go to the tap room. No, no, I want original lager.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> Sorry, beer break. It's, it's, a po- hey. it's a beer podcast. This is normal. <laughs> right.
1: You know what, though? You asked me something earlier, too, that, uh, you know, what does Bach Fest mean? What does it represent? And there is another big part about giving back to the community. You know, one is the beer with the homebrew competition and stuff like that. It, and, and and but the other is the history and heritage, and a lot of people forget that that Bachfest is a fundraiser for the Brewery District Community Urban Redevelopment Corporation to bring you things like the Cincinnati Brewing Heritage Trail. So, Steve, what do you think?
3: You should talk about that a little bit. What do you
0: think?
3: I, I can probably talk about that a little bit. So we, we've talked a lot about the brewing heritage it was a brilliant here. Brilliant transition. This I'm just taking
1: it right over from you.
3: <laughs> so this neighborhood of over the Rhine is where most of Cincinnati's beer was brewed, and made us a, a world leader in beer brewing as well as beer consumption. And more importantly, though, when we tell the story of beer in Cincinnati and beer history, it's the story of Cincinnati and the story of America told through the lens of beer. So it's not just the facts of we made a lot of beer and we drank a lot of beer and this fun story happened. It's literally part of every aspect of our city's culture and uh, social and political and economic history. And so we can tell all those stories through the lens of beer. And we're doing that with the Brewing Heritage Trail. Uh, which will be a permanent trail through the neighborhood with signage and medallions and public art, and a smartphone app and our guided tours to be a world-class destination like the Freedom Trail in Boston, for example. But even better because we go past operating bars and breweries and have this current history as well as all this great history, and so it's something that we're building. The first segment's going to be uh, unveiled in June of this year, and it's uh, it's a fantastic project
0: so I, I got in a, a very interesting conversation the other day about the Reds. We, we started talking about baseball, and they were kind of um, are there little kids here you know crapping on on the beer selection at Great American how it's just every year keeps getting scaled down that 's a whole other show in itself but and I said, oh, you know you know the reds as as you know, a team as the history. You've got to understand. You know, they, they they've done so much for beer in Cincinnati. You know, we got on this whole long conversation about how you know, at one time, serving beer on Sundays. You, you know, there, there's there's a whole story there. Beer that. saved baseball in Cincinnati. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the story right there. <laughs> that's, and people don't understand that tie to lots of little things around Cincinnati and how. It always comes back to beer. It all everything about this city comes back to beer. It was it was built on beer. It has thrived again in this new world of what Cincinnati is on beer. Beer is saving neighborhoods again today. A hundred percent. Like I yeah, I, I I get into a lot of arguments about that and people say, Oh no, they're just jumping into a neighborhood at the right time and I, you know, look at look at all these neighborhoods that are just on that cusp and they're, they just can't find that thing to push them over that next hump. And a brewery comes in and then all of a sudden it shifts and it starts to change and it people come and people stay and people feel comfortable there and people... It becomes, it becomes a community again. And there's, there's something really special about that that I, I just... I, I, again, I feel like I'm talking to people that, that get that right now because they're all here today. So it's... I you know, wish Twitter was fired up because they would tell me. <laughs> they would tell me the other side. <laughs> um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and let's go to kind of a different side of, of Christian Morline and let's talk about original lager, which I'm drinking. Supposedly, Greg, you've got another one coming, but. Um, Thank let's goodness back. I'm out. So you hinted at this. A really long time ago on our show, and then it didn't come, and it didn't come, and then all of a sudden, here it is. Well, tell me, t- start from, from
1: what is this beer? Well, here's a, the reality. We obviously own the ref- recipe of Christian Warline Original Lager, it used to be called Select Lager. Mm-hmm in the 1800s it was called Vienna Lager. The recipe we have today is based off of both the 1850s version and the 1981 version which was arguably one of the first craft loggers sold in the United States There's in no 1981 arguments. Christian Morline. This side of the Mississippi there is no argument. I would say it was uh, one of the first craft loggers in the United States. I, I, I'm i hard-pressed to tell you who would be ahead of us as a logger at I that agree 100%. time. 100%. You know, so it would be, uh, so what, what's interesting is, is that Moorline was known for logger beer in the 1800s, but they were also known as, the, as a craft logger. When Select Logger came out, it, it, it was a craft logger. So what was interesting of that is that we had the recipe all along, but we wanted to do a lot of test batches and really understand this beer and really bring back the original of what people remember, Christian Morline coming out in 1981. Because 1850, none of us were there. So we did uh, uh, an enormous amount of testing, about two years' worth of testing, to make sure that we had the proper recipe and now we brought back uh a vienna style lager the original christian moor line with the victorian lady on the packaging uh wait wait, wait. packaging I'm sorry? Packaging? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because
0: We're, you guys haven't announced that yet. I mean, well, I kind of blew the lid off of that a little bit, but you guys haven't yeah. talked about it. You broke it on the <laughs> TTV,
1: a, I must say. You told everybody. <laughs> I'm the only one that talked about it, but, uh, so are
0: you but confirming but that it, I
1: wasn't lying? We, we are <laughs> confirming that uh, Christian Mooreline with the Victorian lady is coming back. Uh, it is a Vienna-style lager, so it is a little more flavorful lager. And if you look at the trends, what are happening in craft beer today, while IPA is the king Kong of the category, loggers are also the fastest growing. So people are really, their palate is changing. And we waited to bring back Christian Moreline original lager till such time that we could get a bona fide audience on our beer in order to make it so people were like wow lager craft beer Moorline <laughs> that's it it's it's really hard to
0: to put into some kind of a, it, it, it's hard to explain to people what Christian Moorline is as a brewery because there's there's a lot that needs to be said about the historical side about Christian Moorline that we spend uh, you know I, I go on the the uh, the tours every year and and uh, go down to the loggering tunnels and t- and talk about what the city used to be and there is a big part of that is that is christian moorline versus what craft beer is today and this this modern fast changing you know fun new things on tap you know adjuncts and new beers and quick changing things that you know that's that 's craft beer today but like, it's these two, like, really crazy different sides of things. And Christian Warwine is very much both of those things. And seeing you guys constantly try to balance that out and make it come together into one thing, it's really fun to watch. It's you It's
1: know, really it, fun to drink. It, 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 we, we, we beat to our own drum. We don't look to anybody else. So, you know, when we're a very traditional brewer we are the first American craft brewery to save a city's heritage beer brands. So Christian Borline bought Unipol. They bought Shanling Little Kings. They bought Burger Beer. We didn't have to do those things, but people were like, that's that's Moorlein's legacy. You, you, you. So while we do all of those fun, um, really cool, eclectic beers... We also have a very traditional side to us, but you know, we're also the people that uh, do things like power stoutage. Oh, dear God, that's a good beer! You know, beer. Uh, we just won a silver medal for it at the New York International Beer Competition. Uh, we do big hazy IPA, which we won a gold medal for. Actually, I haven't tried in the yet. In the IPA American IPA category, the most crowded category, Moorline won gold, which is that's very funny. unique. Our Vienna Lager won a double gold, the one you're drinking right here. Uh, So we know we can brew good beer, uh, and and we we also know that we have a very eclectic craft side of us, but we also celebrate tradition, and it gets confusing because, you know, we're, we're not always pushing that eclectic nouveau side every single day. We are Little King's Cream Ale, and we're proud of it. Dear God, you, know? you are. And that sort of thing. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we, we, are, we are a smaller craft brewery that uh, celebrates our heritage, and we're very unique. Uh, there's nobody like us out there worldwide, and uh, that's what makes us unique. And we celebrate it, and we're not afraid to celebrate it. So, uh, you know, we embrace great beer styles, great quality beer. But we also embrace tradition and heritage. You know, there's no need to be uptight. Beer, beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely
0: the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out. As we grow, uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you
3: have more fun <laughs> with your clothes on? I don't think so. we <laughs> are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Cincy Craft.
4: This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all.
0: This is Sean Willingham.
3: This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio.
1: Bellevue, Kentucky. tomorrow Ohio. You're listening to Sincy Brewcast. Scentsy Brewcast.
4: And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on-trip advisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer.
3: I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers
0: out there as a you know a forest and They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, "Yeah, I used to drink that crap, crap." But
1: I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you?
0: No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Broadcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Christian Morline going forward. Like how do you What what's the future of what
1: Christian Morline is? I think what you're going to see the future I know I, I don't think. I know. You will see the future of Christian Morline being what we were always meant to be and that is a great lager brewery. I, and right now we're coming out with uh, uh, original lager, great lager beers, but we're really excited about it Um, we also celebrate uh, our heritage quite a bit Little King's is on a massive growth spurt Uh, that is a non-adjunct ale that uh, we brew and uh, it matches perfectly it's a perfect split to a shot of bourbon affectionately known as a boilermaker so we're very happy about that Um, Little King's is on fire uh, the new moreline uh, brands that are coming out have been doing extremely well um, we do a lot of traditional German styles with a little bit of a twist so it's, that's that 's a good way to put it and so it? you know th- that that 's our mantra that's our that 's our safe zone in that uh, and we definitely celebrate our German heritage we celebrate over the Rhine we celebrate Cincinnati and we celebrate our German heritage well I I've had a couple, we'll say a couple
0: glasses of the original lager today, and I'm absolutely loving it. I think it is one of, we'll say one of my favorite lagers in Cincinnati right now. It would be really good, and I'm throwing out a couple hints here, this would be really good at like a, some kind of sports game or something, maybe a can of it that I could crack open and just kick into the sporting season that's... Yeah,
1: it would be fun. Well, we have big breaking well, news for you on that. Oh, you do? We are the <laughs> official uh, uh, supporter of FC Cincinnati with our new Moorline original lager. Wow. It's like I knew that. What's interesting of that is that people... Uh, uh, mm. FC Cincinnati really approached guessing. us about having a They love Blood Orange, and Blood Orange is like the best seller at FC Cincinnati games by a long shot, and it's a very approachable IPA. We put the uh, orange puree in it, so it cuts some of the hops down, Uh, and a very approachable IPA, big seller, but they wanted a lager beer, and we had just uh, decided we were going to relaunch original lager this year, so... We hooked up with FC Cincinnati, and we're going to have 16 ounce cans of Moreline yes. Original Lager at uh, the games. We're also going to be at uh, Riverbend. Uh, we'll also be at uh, uh, um, um, Let's see, the the river Reds. Are going to, the to Reds actually put it in when the river yeah. lets Riverbend The Reds actually put it in, so I'm really excited about that. So all those sports venues and concert venues you're talking about, you we, are just, the we new just need to Moreline get Moreline Original Lager there.
2: We just need to get it more than at the one or two bars in the, like,
0: stadiums. So... You know? And that's... So... My my stepdad is a diehard Hootie Delight fan. He loves Hootie Delight, lives... Eats, sleeps, and breathes Hootie Delight. And his biggest gripe is always that nobody puts Hootie Delight on in bars. I can't find Hootie Delight in bars enough. And... I don't know. Maybe original lager will fill that gap a little bit for him. I don't know. <laughs> I think if you're a Hootie Delight drinker, you're they don't, a Hootie Delight they, drinker. They
1: don't make as much money having Hootie Delight on <laughs> as if they have original lager. So there's a there's a built in there's a built in issue there.
0: Is there I mean this is this is probably going a little deeper than we need to today, but is there more of a an issue with people having a light lager and it's a well, you know, Bud wants us to have Bud Light on tap. We can't have two or three taps well, on I top
1: think, of that. I think there's a big difference between like a macro American brewery adjunct lager and a Christian Morline original lager. I mean, first off, but, but going to no no one, no to one they, they would because of cost, they wouldn't put as much Vienna malt in it as we do. And a much more flavorful lager. I mean, they would have a a a, a, a lager that is much more bland and not as tasteful. So, I think crap brewers around the the world uh, have a real niche there. That uh, you know, if, if they won't be using you know corn and rice in these beers and doing some interesting things like we're doing, we're just blessed that. Christian Morline had an original recipe that actually was fantastic, and they became the far- fourth largest brewery in the United States in 1897 because of their Vienna Lager. And so flavorful lagers are going to be the wave of the future, and uh, um, we're just so happy that we were able to come out with one that, that definitely sets us apart from uh, a lot of the macro breweries that they would never take the time to to have as f- much flavor in, in the beer uh, like we do. So, is, you know, when you look at a beer like, like
0: Hootie Delight or Burger, Burger Light, like, is, is there no drive to, to put that into bars and to put that into more people's hands? Is that just there for the nostalgia factor and for... The you know, those people like
1: my stepdad that can't let it go. Well, I mean, there's a there, there, there's there's another couple of big differences uh, with respect to that. Eighty-five percent of the American population drinks right light lagers. right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, now. That, that, that's the reality For of it. Now. And, and, and 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 so when you when you look at what's happening out there. You know, you have a question of, you know, do you want to support a small independent brewery or do you want to support a big macro brewery? And, and a small independent brewery like Christian Morline that actually owns Huda Pole and Shaneling and Burger Beer, we're local. We support jobs in the local community. And, and, and you know, there's a big difference between that. And and we do brew those beers to appeal to that larger segment of the population. So we brew them as flavorful as anybody else. Um, But we also feel that being an independent brewer, you know, we're not owned by some big corporate conglomerate that's run out of Brazil or London, England.
2: I just, We're I just owned wanna, in
1: Cincinnati, Ohio.
2: <laughs> I, I just want to like really like reemphasize the independent nature of Christian Morline and of all the Cincinnati breweries that we have here. But how independence is so important because it allows you to be true to yourself. It allows you not to be beholden to a big company. It allows you not to be controlled. But it also means that we have to work harder because we don't have the big marketing bucks. We don't have the big deals, things like that. So I just, the independence to me is a huge deal and that we need to really support it. Greg has actually started the, you'll start seeing um, on his uh, packaging, the little um, independent seal. Yay. Um, And and then that's a way to look for things and Judy, is independent. Burger is independent. They're legacy beers. They're important to Cincinnati, but they're independent and made by an independent brewer. And that's supporting your local community. That's supporting the jobs. Um, and that's supporting the people who made a change in this world, the people who are building up the communities. And I think that's critical, and people need to really speak to it. Thank you, Greg, for being so strong on that
0: point. And that's, you know... People talk about what craft beer is today and what what, the, what that word means anymore. And I, the word craft doesn't hold what it used to maybe in the 90s or the 80s or whatever it was. But that word, you know, independent, that, that says a lot. And it says a lot that we live in a city like Cincinnati and all of our breweries are independent breweries. You know, you drive right up the street into Columbus and there's plenty of things happening up there and you know i feel like brew dog is building some kind of juggernaut that's just ready to just try to take over this area and they're just building something and they are not independent and it's it's important for people to understand that difference between these breweries and to know what it means to know who you're you're giving your money to and who you're spending when you sit down in a tap room what that means to not just that person that's in front of you serving your beer but the people that are making your beer and the people that own the brewery and the pe- there's, there's so much to this that there's a big picture and um, it's,
2: it's the health of the community it's it's the jobs it's the the vibrancy that's here it's the people who basically blood, sweat, money and tears that went into the breweries here in Cincinnati Greg one of the, the top people who did that who really invested his life in what we're doing here. But you know, that you can't replicate that from if you're not independent. This is about who we are. It's not about a marketing slogan. It's not about how much money can I spend on something. It's about who we are. And we are not beholden to somebody big. And I think that's critical here.
1: You know I, the best way I can sum this up on craft and independent brewer is, do you want to support Darth Vader, <laughs> well, or do you want, or do you want to, or do you want to help the local economy and your local brewer? So That's really you, what it comes down so to. so Are you saying you are Luke Skywalker? And <laughs> I wish Skywalker.
2: I was. And no, he, no and he, he, he's Jerry Princess and Leia.
0: No, he's yeah. Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you just call me Princess Leia? <laughs> I did.
4: I,
0: I don't know. Do I have to pay royalties so to can Star Wars? <laughs> how does that work? Well, uh, let's, let's let's wrap things up so this band can get on and, and, you know, get some people to actually listen rather than just sit here and stare at each other. Um, what do you guys want people to know that they don't already know? Pl- plug what you're doing. Get, tell people how to find out more about you're Christian good. Moron. I am so Social media. Go to, he can't hear me. We're we're oh. sitting so close together, but nobody can hear anything. Just for anybody that's confused. Right <laughs> so I mean, it's it's crowded and it's go, loud here. It is loud. Go go to Christian Morline on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, probably that Snapchat thing that I don't understand. Go to all those things. Uh, Vine. I think is Vine is that still? Does anybody know if Vine is still around? I think Vine's gone, but go to it anyways. Christian Moraline, and just, you know, there's a lot going
1: on right now. Yeah, check us out on social media, man. Yeah, and there's... I mean, we, we interact with uh, everybody, <laughs> and, uh, you know, social media is like a big deal for us, but we're Facebook-heavy, we're, we're uh, Instagram-heavy, and we're Twitter-heavy. Do you know where I think people should get all their information over
0: everything else? The Tap Room. Come to the Malt House. I love the Lager House, and the Logger House is great if you want to grab some food. But come to the Malt House to grab a beer. This is one of the most unique tap rooms in Cincinnati. I'm I, pointing. if you I can't would say. Tell. I would say liter-
1: literally, in the world. I mean, it's an original 1860s Malt House. I it's haven't ventured very far in Cincinnati,
0: so I can't say that. But it sounds right. <laughs> so. Come here, grab a beer, see what's going on with Christian Wolfein, because um, there's a lot of stuff that I'm hearing lots of really fun rumors about that I'm excited about, so do that. Steve, tell us about the brewery the Brewing Heritage Trail. How can people find out more about
3: that? There's an app that's very close. Is it Pretty much live? It's, uh, it, it's technically live. We're still adding a lot of content to it, so... We'll be pushing that out hard over the next couple of months with the launch of the trail. June seventh, eighth, and ninth will be the grand opening of the first segment of the Brewing Heritage Trail. Fantastic project, uh, uh, quite a few numbers of years in the making. So, but yeah, there's a, we're always doing additional programming like we kind of did today with the speakers and different things. Um, BrewingHeritageTrail.org. You can always find us on you know all the social media at OTR Brewery District. But uh, we're always doing fun stuff. Beer and history is a very very powerful and fun combination.
0: If you've never taken one of the tours that takes you into the lagering tunnels underneath of some of the buildings here in Cincinnati, do that 100%. Do it, do it, do it. Like I can't recommend that enough. Like it really does shift that mindset and really like put you into a different way of thinking about what beer was in Cincinnati and what it can be in Cincinnati again. So absolutely do that. The website.
3: Brewingheritagetrail.org. There you go.
2: And um, as part of the, um, the things in June, we're going to do a Brewing, de- the Blotarian uh, Brewing League. Our homebrew com- um, club is going to be doing a uh, demonstration, homebrewing. So if people want to know more about homebrewing, blotarian.org. Come down to the uh, Brewing Heritage Trail on the opening weekend. We will be doing a um, demonstration there also. And just support your independent Breweries like Christian Moreline.
0: Um, what's the thing we're supposed to say? What's the bloaterian? Uh, bloatarian uh, Jai? J- 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 it's like
2: it's it's our version of Yeehaw, but it's like much stronger, so
0: Jait nope. there was a couple. <laughs> yeah. Where is See everybody? somebody's listening.
2: Where'd they all go? Well,
0: <laughs> thank you guys very much. I they're all
2: drinking something.
0: I appreciate everything. <laughs> 100%. Um, if you're in this room and you're listening, please get on social media, Cincy Brewcast. I'm the gnarly gnome, so get onto the gnarly and um, I don't know, share things around. Tell people about beer, tell people about Cincinnati beer, more importantly. And uh, if you're not at Bachfest right now, come to Bachfest next year. Thank you, guys.